Hello friends. Today's food for thought is about having a living faith. I was thinking the other day about my own journey of faith. It included about 20 years away from the church when my faith was not very important to me. During those 20 years, I said my prayers at night, but didn't go to church or even think much about God most of the time. Before that 20-year hiatus, it was different. In high school, I was in a Christian singing group called Love Company that toured churches doing a musical play about Jesus. And my family went to church every Sunday. I can't remember a time when we missed Mass unless it was a blizzard. When I went to college, I continued to go to Mass on campus. It was near the end of my college life when I stopped going to church. So as I was pondering my faith journey and thinking about where I went astray, I wondered why God wasn't more important to me, why I was able to walk away so easily. I think the reason is that I didn't have a living faith. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I went to church and I did God-related things because that was the culture I lived in. I can say that I had some kind of a personal relationship with Jesus, even if it was the immature kind you have as a teenager. What I did not have was a faith that directed my life, that transformed my life. I had my life, and then I had church stuff. I remember conversations with the other kids in Love Company that reflected the view that how we lived our lives morally was not relevant to our Christian faith. We didn't speak of it so clearly as that, but what we talked about revealed that that truth about the shallowness of our faith in God, which, by the way, was never taught by the the music director. So did we believe in God? Yes, of course. Who didn't? You know, even the devil believes in God, so that's not saying much about our faith. Did we go to church? Yes. Back then, in the 70s, just about everyone I knew went to church. I thought that was enough. It gave me a ticket to heaven. I actually didn't realize there was more, so much more. Jesus promises an abundant life for those who believe and obey. I did good with the first part, believing. But obeying was the tough part, and I didn't think much about it. All of this is about having a living faith. Well, what does the Bible tell us about a living faith? The first passage I'll share is from Revelation. It's the message from Jesus to the city of Sardis. I know your works. You have the name of being alive, and you are dead. This is written to one of the seven churches, so these people are ones who profess belief, and they're going to church. But Jesus says they're dead. That's how I was when I went to church in college. I did my God thing for an hour on Sunday and my own thing the rest of the week. The second passage is from the letter of James 2.14. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? And in verse 17, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. That was me. My faith was dead. So it was easy to walk away from an old habit that I grew up with. Some of you listening have adult kids. I do too. My son is in college. And maybe I'm thinking about this now because I want him to avoid the mistakes I made in my faith. And I want him to experience all the graces that come through a living faith. You want the same for your kids and your grandkids. Unfortunately, we can't give them our faith. We can only pray for them to find their own. 
And we can be examples of living faith. How do we do that? And how do we have a living faith ourselves? Those are real important questions. So who had a living faith? The disciples, right? What can we learn from them? I'll share four things. Number one, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is called detachment. It goes back to the verse about what it profits man who has everything but loses his soul. The things of this world are nothing without God. Number two, they lived a moral life. Jesus said in Mark 7, 21 to 23, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is often the way of the world, but Jesus teaches us a better way, the way of love, love of God and love of neighbor. The third thing we can learn from the disciples is that they learned how to pray. When you have a living faith, your prayer life is more vibrant. Scripture comes alive when you read it. You're able to meditate on divine things. You easily sit in silence with the Lord. You have an intimacy with God that is tender, comfortable, and safe. You feel his love deep in your heart, in your soul, and you're given the gift of joy no matter the circumstances in your life. You pray constantly in a variety of ways. And the fourth thing I'll share about the disciples and what we can learn from them is that they were in a continuous growth process. Each may have had a moment when they were called and responded, but they made mistakes. Paul writes about correcting Peter when he treated the Gentiles differently if the Jews were watching. Peter was corrected lots of times by Jesus because he saw things not with the eyes of God, but with the eyes of man. We're the same way. We're always growing and learning and trying to be more faithful, more holy, more loving. A living faith transforms our life. We're completely different. Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new. Have you been made new? Are you open to that? If you are, God will do it. But know that there's a cost. Jesus said we must follow him. We must pick up our cross. There will be suffering. Some of those we love may reject us because we live our faith now. They would rather we kept it hidden. But Jesus said not to put the light under a bushel. Have you done that? I know I have in the past, But I'm stronger now, and I don't want to hide the light of Christ that's burning within me. How else can I witness to those in my life? A living faith means living with faith, living through faith. Our life is completely surrendered to God. That is my goal. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying, and I am forever grateful to God for the progress he's given me on this journey. So grateful that he brought me back to him after 20 years of wandering in the desert. This living faith is the abundant life that he promised. If you don't have it, ask for it. He will give it to you. That's some food for thought. Here are two questions to help you apply these ideas to your life. Question one. What was the spark that led you to a living faith? Was it a person, an experience, maybe something you read? Thank God for each step along your spiritual path that has brought you closer to him 
and His divine love. Question 2. If your faith is not as alive as you would like, what obstacle is in the way? Is it an attachment to something in the world? Is it a lack of forgiveness? Is it a moral temptation that you aren't ready to resist? Bring it to God and ask for His help in removing that obstacle. That's all our food for today. Thank you for listening. May God bless you in just the way you need today.